0: From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic today is the rate of artificial intelligence adoption. It's increasing and fast. And a new study from KPMG shows that it's accelerating in specific industries, like industrial manufacturing financial services, and tech. But what happens when you hit the gas pedal but haven't secured everything else? Are you uneasy about the rate of AI adoption in your enterprise? Two words for you, COVID-19 whiplash. My guest is Cliff Justice, who is the US leader for enterprise innovation for KPMG. He and his group focus on identifying, developing, and deploying the next generation of technologies services, and solutions for KPMG and its clients, Cliff is a former entrepreneur and is a recognized authority in global sourcing, emerging technology such as AI and intelligent automation, and enterprise transformation. This episode of Business Lab is produced in association with KPMG. Cliff, thank you for joining me on Business Lab.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for having
0: me. So we're about to take a look at KPMG's survey results for its 2021 Thriving in an AI World report, which looks across seven industries. Why did KPMG repeat that survey for this year? And what did you aim to achieve with this research?
1: Well, artificial intelligence is evolving at a very rapid pace. So when we started, uh, first started um, covering Uh, And uh, investing in artificial intelligence probably seven years ago, um, it was at a very, a very nascent form. You know, many there were not very many use cases. Uh, Many of the use cases were based on natural language processing. Uh, About ten years ago, was when the first public use case of artificial intelligence made the headlines with uh, IBM Watson winning Jeopardy. Since then, you've seen a very, very rapid progression, and this is uh, this, this this whole field is evolving at an exponential pace. So where we are today is very different than where we were a year or two ago.
0: It does seem like just yesterday that IBM was announcing Watson um, in the exponential growth of if artificial intelligence is everywhere in our cars, on our phones. So we're, we're definitely seeing it in more places than just this one kind of research case of it. So one of the headlines from the research is that there's a perception that AI might be moving too fast for the comfort of some decision-makers in their respected industries. What does too fast look like? And is this due to COVID whiplash?
1: It's not due to COVID whiplash. Necessarily, this is uh, the the COVID environment has accelerated the pace of digital in many ways across many types of technologies. This is where we are starting to experience such a rapid pace of exponential change that it's very difficult for most people to understand the progress. Um, any of us, even myself, who you know works in this in this field. It's very difficult to understand the progress and the pace of change and getting an enterprise ready, uh, getting the people, the process, the enterprise systems, the risk, the cyber uh, protections um, prepared for a a world which is powered more and more by artificial intelligence. It's difficult in normal circumstances, Um, but when you do combine the, the acceleration that is taking place, uh, the digital acceleration and adoption that's taking place as a result of COVID, along with the exponential development and evolution of artificial intelligence, it's, it, it's hard to understand the, uh, the opportunities and the threats that are posed to an organization And even if one could fully wrap their heads around the progress of artificial intelligence and the potential of artificial intelligence, changing an organization and changing the mindset and the culture in a way to adopt uh, and benefit from the opportunities that artificial intelligence poses and also protect against the threats... Um, Takes some time, so it creates it creates a level of anxiety and caution, which is in my view well justified.
0: So, speaking of that that caution or um, planning necessary needed to deploy AI. In a previous discussion at um, MIT Technologies Review reviews MTech conference in 2019, you said that companies needed to Rethink their ecosystem when deploying AI, meaning partners, vendors, and the rest of their company to get everybody to come up to speed. At the time, you mentioned that would be the real challenge. Is that still true? Or do you think now that everything is progressing so quickly, that's the discomfort that some executives may be feeling?
1: Well, that's true. Um, It is still true. The ecosystem that got you to, to a level in a... More of an analog centric world is going to be very different in a more of an AI uh, centric world and that AI centric world is going to accelerate um, all the potential that you know everything digital has to offer and what I mean by digital are the the new ways of working the digital business models the the new ways of uh, developing and evolving commerce the ways we interact and exchange ideas um, with customers and with colleagues and coworkers. And, um, uh, you know, all of these are becoming much more digital centric and then artificial intelligence becomes, you know, one of the mechanisms that, uh, evolves and progresses the the way we work and the way we interact. And, um, and it becomes a little more like a relationship with technology as opposed to, you know, a tool that we program because AI is something that evolves and learns and develops the more it gets exposed to humans. And, um, and you know, now, now that we have much more, you know, human-like perceptive capabilities thanks to the evolution of deep learning. So by that today, I mean more computer vision. Um, you know technology is able to take on much more of the world than we than we were before. So understanding what technology, what AI, all of the um, all of the capabilities that AI can bring and and enhance and augment human uh, capabilities is is critical. so, reestablishing and, you know, redeveloping the the ecosystem around your business and around your enterprise is important. I think the bigger and more long-term issue though is, is culture. And it's the culture of the enterprise that you're responsible for, that one is responsible for, but it's also harnessing the culture, the external culture, and you know, the, the, the adoption and the way you work with your customers and your your vendors and uh, suppliers and regulators and external stakeholders all that the the cultural the mindset um, evolution is not equal in all of those stakeholder groups and depending on the industry that you're operating in it could be very unequal uh, in terms of the level of adoption the level of understanding the ability and the comfort. To work with technology, and as that technology becomes more human-like, and we're seeing that in virtual assistants and um, and with those types of technologies, it's uh, it's go- it's going to be a a bigger chasm to cross.
0: I really like that phrasing of thinking of AI as a, a relationship to technology versus a tool, um, because that really does state your intentions when you're entering this this new world, this new relationship, and that you're accepting that constant change. Um, speaking of the survey and various industries, some of the industries saw a significant increase in AI deployment, like financial, retail, and tech. But here, was it that digital transformation need or COVID or perhaps other factors that really drove that increase.
1: Well, COVID has had an acceleration impact across the board. Um, it, you know, things that were in motion, whether these were adoption of digital technologies, um, or growth, or you know, a change in consumer uh, behavior. All of those trends that were in place before COVID accelerated. And that includes uh, business models that were on the decline. So we, we, we saw the trends that were happening in the malls. That That's just accelerated. We've seen the adoption of technology, that's accelerated. There, there are industries that COVID has less of an effect on. Um, not a zero effect, but less of an effect. Banking, financial services are less affected by COVID, then um, retail, hospitality, travel, logistics. Um, COVID has really accelerated the the change that's occurring in those in those industries. Um, AI, separate from COVID, has a material impact across all of these. And as our survey said, you know, industrial manufacturing, the use of use of robotics, the use of computer vision, um, artificial intelligence to speed productivity, improve efficiency, has really began to, um, uh, you know, become mainstream and at scale in industrial manufacturing. Same thing with financial services, um, you know, consumer interaction has has uh, been, you know, improved with, with artificial intelligence in those areas, technology, um, you know, not surprisingly, has uh, fully adopted AI or pretty close to fully adopted AI. And then we've seen a dramatic increase in retail as a result of uh, as a result of AI. So um, online shopping, the ability to you know predict consumer demand um, has been has been a, a a strong use case for for
0: AI in those industries, so the laggards though laggard industries were healthcare and life sciences, you know, at only, and I say, a 37% increase in adoption from last year's survey. That's still a great number. But do you think that's because fighting COVID was the priority or perhaps because they are regulated industries or there was another reason?
1: Regulation is a common theme across those, those laggards. You have government. You have life sciences, healthcare, um, financial services, though is regulated too. So you know, and, and and they are a they are a large adopter. So it can't be the only thing. Um, I think the the hypothesis around COVID is probably more plausible because you know the the focus in life sciences has been getting the vaccine out, and and government is just you know even though. From our point of view, and from what we see, government is a massive adopter. Um, just in terms of the potential within government, it's still it's still behind. But you know, the, the sheer numbers and the sheer uh, number uh, amount of activity that's taking place in government when you compare it to private enterprise is uh, is still pretty impressive. It's just you're dealing with such a large a large scale change. And, uh, and a lot more red tape and bureaucracy to make that change within, uh, within a government enterprise.
0: For sure. For sure. And you mentioned earlier the industrial manufacturing sector. And that sector saw um, 72% of uh, business leaders were influenced by the pandemic to speed AI adoption. What does that actually mean for c- consumers, you know, in that industry as well as that sector as a whole?
1: You know, when I, when I when I look at these numbers, almost there's not there's not going to be an industry that is not affected by AI. The industries that are going to adopt it sooner and and more rapidly, or have an impact as a result of the pandemic, that that has almost all been driven by um, remote work, the inability to get you know resources to a location, the impetus to drive automation and AI. Being one of the one of the foundational elements of of automation, because if you look at other parts of the survey where we ask where are the biggest benefits, okay. it's going to be found in efficiency and productivity, and that's fairly consistent across all industries. When you when 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 you look at you know where AI is being applied, so automation, productivity, predictive analytics, uh, you know the all of these areas are. You know, being being driven by um, you know these these themes around um, productivity, so the, the the use cases are different um, based on the industry, um, but the the needs are very similar. Kind of the overarching themes and the overarching needs are very similar, and you know you've had um, some industries that were just impacted by the pandemic um, differently.
0: Excitingly, maybe a difference. Um in industrial manufacturing, though, as you mentioned are robotics, so a bit of our a, a hardware play versus always the software
1: right, yeah, in industrial manufacturing, you're seeing a retooling of factories um you're seeing um what some people call this uh Tesla effect, where you know there is a there is a focus on the transformation and the uh automation of factories where uh, you know, building the factory is almost as important as the product itself. You know, there's there's a lot of debate and a lot of discussion in that in that sector around how much to automate and is there too much automation? Because I, you know, I think when in in some of these public events where you've seen you know rapid ramp up in in, in production where automation was used, you've seen some backing off of that as well. Too much technology can actually have counterproductive uh, consequences and impact because there has to be human involvement and decision-making and the technology just isn't there yet. So um, a lot of change is happening in in that space. And, um, and we're seeing, um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, evolution, a lot of new types of technologies, Deep learning is allowing more computer vision, more intelligent automation to um, to take place in the in the manufacturing process within the factories.
0: And uh, speaking of keeping humans involved in these um, choices and ideas and technologies, s- strong cybersecurity is a challenge, really, for everybody, right? But the bad guys are increasingly using AI against companies and enterprises, um, and you're only response and defense is more ai so do you see cybersecurity specifically being an area that executives across the board accelerate spending for
1: well cy- you're exactly right cybersecurity is one of the, the the biggest threats and as technology advances whether it's ai powered by classical computing or you know, five or 10 years down the road, when we have quantum computing um, made available to, uh, to, to governments or to corporations, uh, the security risks are gonna continue to uh, accelerate. So AI is, a, is certainly an offense, but, it, but, it, but it's a defense as well. So predictive analytics using AI to predict threats, to defend against threats, um, that are posed by AI, which are um, increasing the sophistication of uh, penetration and phishing and, uh, you know, and other ways to compromise the system. These, these technologies are sort of in an arms race um, between the, as you say, the good guys and the bad guys. And um, there's no insight to that. Um, as, as we start to move into an era of real change, which is going to be uh, underpinned by quantum computing in the future, um, this this will only accelerate because uh, you'll you'll need a new type of post quantum cryptography to defend against the threats that uh, that quantum computers could pose to a security organization.
0: It's absolutely amazing how fast, right? As we were saying, exponential growth, uh, especially with quantum computing perhaps around the corner, five ten years, sounds sounds about right. The research, though, does come back and say that a lot of respondents think their companies should have some kind of AI ethics policy and code of conduct. Um, but not many do, not many do. So those that do are, are smaller companies. Do you think it's just a matter of time before everyone does, or it's a board requirement even to have these AI ethics policies?
1: Well, we, we do know that this is being discussed at the regulatory level. Um, there, there are um, significant questions around where the government should step in with with regulatory measures, and um, where uh, you know, you know, sort of a um, self policing AI ethics. How you know how does how does your marketing organization target behavior in its customer base? Um, and how do you use the the psychological? How do you leverage AI to use you know the psychological profiles to uh, you know enable sales? There's some ethical decisions that would have to be made around that. For example, the use of facial recognition in consumer environments is you know well debated and discussed. But the the use of AI and the ethical use of AI targeting the the psychology of consumers is something that I think is uh, that debate has just started, you know, largely this summer with, um, you know, some documentaries that came out that showed how social media is using AI to you know, target um, consumers with 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 marketing products and um, how that can be misused and misapplied by By the bad guys, so yeah. There's 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 a you know this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, We've seen you know what we're seeing today is is just the initial you know opening statements when it comes to how far should we go with with AI and what are the penalties um, that are applied to those who go further than we should. And are those penalties regulated by government? Are they kind of social penalties and just exposure, or or you know are these are these things that we need laws and 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 rules that have some teeth um, for violating these agreed upon ethics, whatever they may be?
0: It's a bit of a, a push me pull you situation, right? Because the technology is advancing really quickly, but societal or regulatory regulations may be a bit lagging. And at the same time, companies are not necessarily, maybe in some cases, adopting AI as quickly or are having problems staffing these AI initiatives. So, you know, how are companies trying to keep up with talent acquisition? And should enterprises start looking or or perhaps already have been looking at upskilling we're training current employees how to use ai as a new skill
1: yeah that's a that you know these 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 are very hard problems and and if you look at the study and kind of dive in you'll see the difference between large companies and small companies i mean the, the ability to to attract talent that have gone through years and years and years of training in advanced Analytics and uh, computer engineering and uh, deep learning and machine learning and understanding the complexities and the nuances of training the the weights and biases of of complex you know multi level uh, deep learning algorithms you know that talent is not easy to come by and it's it's very difficult to take a classical computer engineer and retrain them in that type of statistic statistical uh, based um, artificial intelligence where you're having to really work with training these complex neural networks um, in order to achieve y- y- the, the goals of the, of the of the company I mean you, we're seeing you know the tech companies offer these services on the cloud and that is a um, that is a, a way to access artificial intelligence and access some of these tools is through the subscription to um, APIs, application program interfaces, and applying those APIs to your, um, to your platforms and technologies. But to really have a competitive advantage, you need to be able to manipulate and develop and you know, control the data. That goes into training these algorithms. That that data, you know, to, in, in today's, in today's world, artificial intelligence is very, very data hungry. And it requires massive amounts of data to get accurate and high quality output. And that that data accrues to the largest companies. And you know, that's reflected in their valuation. Um, so you we 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 see who those companies are. And a lot of that value is because of the data that they have access to and, um, and the products that they're able to produce are based on much of that data. And those, those products many times are powered by artificial intelligence.
0: So back to the survey, one last data point here. Sixty percent of respondents say that AI is at least moderately to fully functional in their organization compared to 10 years ago. Right, that does seem like real progress for AI, but not everyone out there uh, is there. What are some steps that enterprises can take to become more fully functional with AI?
1: Um, that this is where I go back to what, what what I said last year, which is reevaluate your ecosystem. Who are your partners? Who 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 are your who is bringing these capabilities into your business? And understand what your options are um, relative to uh, the technology providers that are giving you access to AI. Not every company is going to be able to just go hire an AI expert and have AI. This is um, these are technologies, like I said, that are they're 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 difficult to uh, develop. They're difficult to maintain. Um, they're evolving at a at a lightning fast exponential pace, so the, the the conversations that we would have had six months or a year ago would be different now um, just because of the pace of change that's taking place in this uh, in, in this environment you know the recalcitrance is low to change in AI and so it's it's moving faster than moore's law it's it's um, it you know it is it is accelerating as fast as the data. Allows it. So um, the algorithms themselves have been around for years. Um, it's the, the the ability to capture and use the data that is um, driving the AI. So partnering with um, you know these capabilities, these these technology companies that have access to data that's relevant to your industry is um, a critical element to being successful.
0: When you do talk to executives about how to be successful with AI, how do you help them, you know, feel that they're, or or perhaps advise them if they are behind the competitors and peers in deploying AI?
1: Well, we do surveys like this. We we do we do benchmarks. We uh, we harness benchmarks that are um, out there in other other areas and other domains. We look at the pace of uh, of change and the, the relative benefit to that specific industry. And, you know, even more narrow than that, the function or the activity within that industry and that business. And the AI has not infiltrated every single area yet. It's um, it's on the way to doing that. But, you know, there are areas in, in customer service, the the gna the back office uh, components of an of an organization manufacturing the analytics the insights the forecasting all all of that ai has uh, you know a strong foothold so continuing to evolve that but then there are uh, elements in you know product design engineering um, you know other aspects of design that ai is moving into um, that You know, there's a there's fairly a level playing field right now. So it's uneven. Um, There's, um, you know, it's it's very advanced in in some areas. It's not as advanced in others. I think the perception I I would also say that the perception that will come out in a survey of, you know, generalists in these areas may not consider, you know, some of the um, more advanced artificial intelligence capabilities that might be six months a year, two years down the road. But the, the, those, those capabilities are evolving very quickly and we'll be moving into these industries quickly. I would also look at the startup ecosystem as well. Um, the, start, the startups are evolving uh, quickly. What you know, the, the technologies that a startup is using and introducing into new industries to disrupt those industries are not necessarily being considered by the more established companies um, who have existing operating models and existing business models. Um, so a, a, a startup may be using AI and data to totally transform how an industry consumes a product or a service.
0: That's, uh, that's good advice, as always. Cliff, thank you so much for joining us today and what has been a Great conversation on the Business Lab.
1: My pleasure. It's great talking to you.
0: That was Cliff Justice, the U.S. Leader for Enterprise Innovation for KPMG, who I spoke with from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review, overlooking the Charles River. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the director of Insights, the custom publishing division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and you can find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Collective Next. Thanks for listening.